Monster Game Night is a dark comedy actual play podcast that explores themes of personal and political horror. This show is not appropriate for children, and adults can find content warnings in our episode descriptions. Welcome to our Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Bluegrass by Night, where our coterie of ambitious vampires fights to carve out their turf in a fictional Appalachia dominated by ancient monsters. This is Ben playing Tommaso, the crispy Hikata. This is Josh playing Clear Visions, the smarmy soothsayer Toreador. This is Nick playing Jason, the assassin Banhu Akeem. And I am Mike, and I'll be your storyteller. Why doesn't our coterie tell us what happened last time on Monster Game Night? So last time, Jason attempted to sneak into the chemistry labs to assassinate Suzanne. Clear Visions gave a nice lingering kiss to Jerry, one of Suzanne's lab assistants. Gotta keep him around. That's it? That's all you gotta say about it? Oh, he was delicious. Okay, great. Fantastic. Yeah, so apparently these numbnuts hadn't figured out that this doctor was my cousin under assumed identity, Suzanne, who I've openly talked about. So I just had to make sure they didn't roast her. To set the scene, we open in Dr. Brianne Soniani's lab, which we now know to be, in fact, the haven of Suzanne Giovanni. Her lab is a fluorescent bright room filled with classic vinyl tiles and the accoutrements of chemistry that she probably uses to conduct thin blood alchemy experiments and distill other compounds. At this moment, she has just thrown off Gordon's most recent attempt to dominate her and force her to drive her specters away. She looks at Gordon and as she speaks, her specters join in and, like an unholy chorus, stare into his eyes and say, Leave. Gordon, already paranoid, having been thrown off and shaken by this experience, cowers for a moment, then reaches into his jacket and pulls out a silver cylinder. Hand-sized, he flips a cap on it open, drops it on the ground, and disappears out the door behind him. A few moments later, there is a crash, a burst of light and sound, and the Coterie finds themselves momentarily dazed. They look up. Gordon oh. is gone. Ow. Oh, son Ow, of a bitch. Son of a bitch, that stings. Can we make sure he doesn't have any more of those good... Oh. I don't know. That was, quite a, that was quite an exciting exit, if I do say so. We're not about style points here, old man, okay? You're used to having out. bright lights in your eyes, aren't you? Oh, you get used to it. That's a fair point. All right. Are you two at least okay with this deal? Because we don't have a lot of time left here. Yeah, you're right. Sure. I, I'm i comfortable with this as long as uh, Suzanne is going to do her best and just try really hard to make Rosetta okay. I'll do my best. Don't worry. I'll make sure this works out. Very well. I'll see you tomorrow night here. Yeah, and um, just a reminder, there's, there's a few bodies in the back of that truck, so be careful with that. Also... The steak chick's still in there. Oh, it's okay. I think there's a tarp back there. Okay, good. Jason, you driving? Yeah. Shit. What are we going to do with her? The steak lady. I say we let Gordon figure it out. Let's drop her off at the church. (laughs) Oh, with the truck? Can we walk back to the tour bus from the truck? How far was that? Uh, I don't know if we have enough time for that. (laughs) You know, these knees ain't what they used to be. Can you call someone to pick us up at the church? Oh, that could be arranged. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Perfect. You drive and I'll call. (laughs) Start it up. Very well. There's no need for a drive check for this because this is a pretty mundane action that you're conducting. It's about a 15-minute drive. 
leaving the shattered remains of the guardhouse and barricade that Jason smashed the brown rusted truck through. You return to the church with the truck in somewhat worse for wear than it was, though the contents of it are what's probably worse than the condition of the truck. You know, I was just thinking he's got a kidnapped girl in his basement. Now what? Five dead bodies? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not so great. This priest is up to something. Dr. Paulson appears from behind you very silently and says, every priest has that. What are you talking about? Oh, perfect. Priest with a sense of humor. (laughs) So I assume that you, do you tell him at all what's in this truck or anything or? Okay, now, Father, I know you're a pretty cool guy. What I need you to do is don't look under the tarp unless you're ready to be horrified. And also, if you tell the cops, Gordon knows where you live. You see Father Paulson's face turn ashen and white. A small sweat breaks out on his brow. Mm Mm-hmm. Just forget you saw anything. I wink at him. His eyes dart to the tarp and back to clear visions. Okay. Perfect. Sounds like we have a plan. And I'll stick my hand out. And inside of it, on my palm, is just a clear visions business card. (laughs) He takes it. You see his, his eyes narrow as he feels it. He pulls his hand away and looks at the business card back at clear visions uh-huh that's worth more than gold it's got my signature on it thank you mr visions of course okay now where's timmy with that truck or whatever how are we getting home you realize you just made yourself an accomplice now right look i'm famous <laughs> i'll be canceled for about a week i'll be back <laughs> a few moments later a white gourd ransit van shows up You see that a very long, curly-haired man is driving it, a very little heavier set, a rough, scraggly beard, big, big pockets under his eyes, clearly just been woken up in the evening. He uh, looks around at you. He honks on the horn. Hey. Oh, hey. Thanks for picking us up. Quite a late night. Yeah, I'll say. Okay, make a snappy. We don't got much time. Yep. You said not to ask questions. I'm not going to ask any questions about this, but... um, That's right. Let's just go. As he turns the key and the van comes back to life, he looks at Clear Visions and he says, This wasn't in my contract, uh, and I'm not sure how the union would feel about knowing that I had done this off the books. Uh, what if... Okay, uh, what is your position exactly? Executive courier. Okay, what if I uh, bump you up to one of my personal assistants? And, uh, you know, that way we don't have to worry about it. You'll just be on my payroll. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could do that. And I could also write a nice letter of recommendation for you for whatever comes next. That way we can keep your career booming. Will I get a raise? That could be discussed. <laughs> Timmy drives you back to the Clear Visions cast trailers. You notice as you arrive that there is a white unmarked police car watching the encampment timmy gives them a calm subtle head nod as he drives past and looks at clear visions and he says they've been here all night i don't know what they're i don't know these locals don't like us here it's something we probably got to get used to i just don't think they uh they like the big city glitz and glam of what we got going on but uh you talk to louis trombley tell him clear vision sent you put it he'll put you right on okay louis trombley you know Louis Tromley, yes, Mr. Visions, I'll do that. Is there any, can I be of further assistance now that I'm your 
personal assistant? You know, why don't you take the day off? Just sort of chill out. It's to be real, real. You deserve a break. I got you, you up real early. Can I have business cards too? Oh yeah, of course. Just expensive. We'll be fine. <laughs> Incredible. Tommaso, Suzanne looks at you, points towards a door in the back of her lab, a heavy steel door. It is flanked by two lockers that are currently open. She leads you in that direction. You notice that her specters have flanked you on either side. She pauses for a moment, turns to look at her escort, and says, I'll need you again tomorrow. They enter into the lockers. You see ethereal hands stretch out and pull the doors shut. She leans down, enters a code into the keypad on the steel door. It opens, and you're greeted by a pretty well-appointed bedroom. It would not be out of place in a hotel's penthouse suite. Heavy oaken furniture, very nice, large four-poster, king-sized bed at the center, a small screen in one corner, dresser, and otherwise just really what you would expect from a scion of the Giovanni clan. She steps in and says, there's only one bed in here. Though there is a couch, if you'd prefer that. Well, we'll figure it out. By the way, how long did it take you to train those things? It's not so much about training as it is having something that they want. Oh, okay. That makes sense then, because, I mean, you know, I've never exactly had too much luck with this kind of stuff. They try to force it on me. They just don't get that it's not my forte. We all have our strengths. Yeah, yeah, and apparently one of mine is getting roasted pretty badly, so I definitely need to get some sleep here. You don't look so good. There's... Tell me about it. We have quite a few blood bags accumulated over. I'm sure that the Cinder Institute wouldn't begrudge me dipping into the stockpile. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens in the morning. Right now, or the night, you know what I mean. Uh, right now, I, I, I just got to get some Z's. This has been a long night, as you can tell. Suzanne steps off behind the screen, steps over to the bed, looks at you, and says, I'll see you tomorrow night. All right. Listen, I appreciate you going out on a limb here. I know you got your whole operation going on, but trying to protect family business and the lady was, I know this is shocking, but she was concerned about you. I'm sure she was. All right. I'll see you in the evening. The sun rises, passes overhead of Jamestown and the rest of the world as our vampires begin their day sleep. It passes. Father Paulson very pointedly doesn't look under a tarp in the back of the truck and brings a staked thin blood into his basement to accompany the second subdued girl waiting down there. Timmy takes the day off and spends some time designing his business cards, and our vampires awaken as the sun sets. Make a rouse check. I do get hungrier. Do not. And I do. Are you going to try to heal? Not right now. Why <laughs> not? Good time. Bullshit. So as you awaken, what do you wish to do? Oh, uh, hey, Suzanne. Hey, you remember those blood bags? I feel like I got a five-alarm hangover going over here. Do you mind dipping into the supply real quick? Of course. Thanks. I appreciate that. She disappears for a moment and returns with three blood bags. We had more of these. Huh. Interesting. Listen, I gotta be honest. I... The reason why I showed up late, I was dealing with something else. I don't know what those jokers got up to. 
It would seem that they may have helped themselves to the Cinder Institute's stockpile. Oh, what a shock. Tell me, well, I suppose you don't know. Your friends may not make it back here. Okay, now, we need to discuss that because that's also going to be a problem for me. I was sent here specifically with them, by the lady. We can't be just taking them out. I am simply unsure of what the effects of Thin Blood Alchemy will be upon the bodies of a full-blooded kindred. That's very interesting. Okay. But you're saying these aren't like that? These aren't, no. Okay. Cool. No, I do have a proposition for you. Now, listen, we talked about this. Technically, we're related. Oh, okay, you're talking <laughs> about... Okay, yeah. So, cutting back to Clear Visions and Jason and presumably Gordon, what do you wish to do? I'm going to ha have at one of my uh, normal blood bags. Very well. Slake one hunger, back down to one. Oh, congratulations. I say we go straight to the church, get Rosetta, and then pop right over to the university. I want to make this quick. I don't know how long it's going to take. We might need the whole night. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to learn more about that. Uh, those feathers. Did you say feathers? Teresa's got a bunch of those. How many you need? Yeah. A white one, brown one, black. What you got? I'll take two of each. Perfect. <laughs> Teresa, come here. Boo. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna get the loose ones. Are you ready for this? <laughs> pop, 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 pop. She's really enjoys this. It's like preening. It's very pleasant for her. If I don't know what sound she makes when she's like a soft cooing sound, probably. Probably. But yes, I think we'll just take probably Rosetta's SUV. Yeah. I'm sure that's around. It is around. Who is driving? Jason? <laughs> Why not? I'm already in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice. So Jason is driving very well. We, you return, I assume, to the Church of the Blessed Hope of the Resurrection and Father Paulson and the brown murder truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's canon now. There is still an unmarked police car watching the camp. I need Jason. No, you don't. <laughs> to roll, or just give me your pool for wits awareness if you think it's going to be trivial to notice. And Clear Visions, I assume that you would be... Is Clear Visions keeping an eye out as well? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Especially because I, we spotted that car earlier, so we're definitely on high alert. Okay. Which of you would have more in the dice pool? I have five. Yeah, I have five. Okay, so add one die for Clear Visions assistance. You take it. And do you want to just use half of that as your result, or do you want to roll it? I'm going to roll it. All right. Oh, good roll. One, two, three, four, five. You notice immediately that another vehicle, not the white unmarked police car, but a black SUV is also following Rosetta's black SUV. You see that this is with five successes. This is very clearly also a police vehicle that is tailing you right now. Shit, we got a tail. Okay, you got one of those... Uh... You know, you, you pull the lever and then all the caltrops come out or it's like an oil slick or, uh, you know, like a flamethrower shoots out of the tailpipe. You got anything like that? This is an SUV. Yeah, I just figured it was modern. It's got something. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but Rosetta's got something she doesn't tell us about. Maybe <laughs> look for a button. Tommaso, Suzanne walks over toward you as you are presumably drinking some of these blood bags that she's given you. And she says, now, Tommy, 
you and your friends seem to have disposed of the entirety of my staff. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you got to understand, like, they came at me. You've seen what happens when people step to me. It never ends pretty. I, it's just the way I am. Literally. <laughs> yes, we can't all help our natures and rise above the beast. Hey, hey, hey listen, you got to understand. I was in control. I'm always in control. And that control is why I'm addressing you. You see, this is a bad bargain for me. I'm aware. I lose the fetter that I've been so happily experimenting on, and I lost my staff, and I am humiliated in front of the Cinder Institute. I need another ally. I propose that you become that ally. Okay. Let me just try to understand what you're asking me to do here. So, I crossed in to this, can't call it godforsaken, because, yeah, you know, but this dump of a place, it's warded against us, and it beat the crap out of me. Then, I'm here looking for you, your security comes at me without any consideration, and now you're trying to tell me you want me to turn around, betray my orders from the family to help you in this situation? Oh, I am your family, and... I'm asking that you put your family first right now. We're going to face off against the cult eventually. We'll have to run them out of town. I'm asking that you just put family first, and your family is me. All right, that's more of a fair point. I agree that we're not taking this feta or anything out of here until we deal with the threat. Thank you. She rustles around inside of her jacket a little bit and hands Tommaso another blood bag and says, here, you'll need this. This isn't one of these crazy ones, right? No. I feel like I need to check that. You do. All right, what am I rolling? Wits plus insight. Oh, gosh. Lovely, they're all hunger die. It's one success. She seems like she's being truthful. You know what? I appreciate this. I'm going to save it for later. A look crosses her face. Drink the Kool-Aid. Drink the Kool-Aid. No, you should drink that one now. <laughs> I mean, with the way I rolled, I guess I have no choice. I think that if you think Tommy is saving it for later for reasons totally unrelated to not trusting her, your role established that you don't think that this has been tampered with, that doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I better drink all my blood bags right now. I would think that he's conservative with these in general. I would like to think that especially both considering the experience he had that caused him to feed this way in the first place, plus the fact that he honestly gets in situations where he doesn't have very many a lot of the time, just because of the way he is, he knows to be conservative with them. Very well. Listen, you got to understand, there's been plenty of times where I feel like I'm reaching into my coat pocket here and I don't have one. I need to have that backup just in case. You know, as you talk about keeping control of the beast and everything like that, we don't want me running around off the leash. This is what I trust about you, Tommy. And she pats you on the shoulder and wanders back off to her lab. Hey, hey wait, hold on, hold on. You don't have any other coats around here. I mean, this one's kind of not really holding together anymore. I'll even take one of those white lab coats if I have to. I'd like to see that. I'll find one of Jerry's. I'm sure he left a few behind. Just make sure it fits. Cutting back to Jason and Clear Visions. You have established that you are being followed. You probably don't have caltrops that you can deploy from Rosetta's SUV. What do you wish to do? Okay, these business cards are razor sharp. (laughs) (laughs) 
paper cut the tires, Mr. Stampler. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we need? Are you pretty good at driving? You can lose them? Not really. Uh, well, I'm pretty good at driving into things. Honestly, would it be the worst case scenario if we let all the cops to the uh, thin blood operation they got going on? That's where we need to be, though. Yeah, but um, we'll just tell Tommy to leave and then let the rest of the place get shut down, right? Uh, I don't know about that. What kind of plan are you thinking? Uh, better one than that, hopefully. All right, you guys got 10 seconds to come up with a solution. Oh, I got one. 10 Mississippi, 9 Mississippi. Just take them on a boring stroll and hope they... 7 Mississippi. Leave? 6 Mississippi, 5 Mississippi. Okay, what about this? And I I grab the emergency brake, too. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> the SUV screeches to a halt. The black SUV behind you veers wildly to miss. You see it spin sideways as it circles around across the oncoming lane of traffic and winds up facing directly towards you in your lane. <laughs> the officer at the wheel of it looks dazed. What do you wish to do? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to blind him with the flashes and just go. <laughs> what are you thinking? All right. You turn on the brights. I do want you to give me a drive check. <laughs> <laughs> this, however, is going to be... One moment real quick, because drive pools are a little bit different. Uh, this is dexterity plus drive. You know what you need to do. We're going to see how well you do it. Hey, hey, Mr. One Hunger, maybe you should rouse that blood. Uh, definitely doing that. Okay, just making sure. I do get hungrier. That's really good. Oh, thank, thank you. you. That actually was excellent. That was perfect. Thank you. That was like exactly the kind of thing you needed to do. Be confrontational. Two. Two successes. <laughs> Wait, I'll willpower that. Yeah. I can also give you a... Success as a cost, and I think I have an idea for this. Much better. Okay, it's four. Four successes is enough to pull this off. You turn on the brights. This dazed officer is already in no position to really continue the pursuit, but now he is blinded and for at least a little bit won't be able to call in any backup. Jason swerves around him, takes a few more turns to make his destination unknown, and is pretty confident that he has shaken the police tail for this evening. Well, that was messy, but I guess it worked. See, sometimes you just gotta, gotta do something drastic. That's what I'm saying. Fair enough. You arrive at the church. As you open the door, you being kindred who are attuned to these sorts of things, you begin to notice the very light scent of decay as the bodies that you stashed in the back of this truck they were kindred, and when a kindred dies, all of the decomposition that they skipped during their unlife catches up immediately. So these bodies, they've already decayed a fair bit, and you can smell it. Ooh, that's rank. So, kind of off-topic question, I guess, but um, I'm guessing if these were like Suzanne's staff, they'd be fellow thin bloods. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they would be stinking. Yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah, they didn't turn to, yeah, they've just been dead for probably a year or so. So it's not a, there's still plenty of flesh on them bones. I don't know. It's kind of nice. It smells like the, the slaughter in uh, Kingsport. You know, where they get rid of all those pigs. Uh, maybe I'm just being sentimental. Sure. 
Jason still hasn't been to his new haven. I have a surprise there too. But that's okay. <laughs> Way to spoil stuff. I have to tell you guys, or you'll think that I only did it because of that joke. And that's not true. You got pigs. I think the issue is we have too many pigs right now. Um, oh. Facts. Well, Jason, I really don't want to go in here, but let's go get Rosetta. We should probably check out the father's doing. Okay. You enter, you can feel the distant presence of the artifact that was concealed here. It's not enough to drive you away, but you still feel it repelling you and acting on the very distant edges of your consciousness. Father Paulson, as soon as he hears you at the door, steps forward, approaches, and looks at both of you with a mixture of trepidation and reproachfulness on his face. And he says, whatever's in the back of that truck cannot stay here. So do something about it. Yeah, I thought we were hiring the best. You told me not to look under the tarp. Yeah, but I also said get rid of it. I just wanted to make sure you didn't witness anything that couldn't be erased from your brain. I didn't say not throw them in the trash or whatever. He looks at you. His eyes look up. You can tell that he is whispering a small prayer to himself for patience. And he says, I will find a way. Rosetta is your other prisoner is in the room across from Rosetta. I have not fed her. She is not moving. I did not remove the steak from her. Oh yeah, just keep that in. She'll be fine. Uh, if you want, I mean, if you're gonna get rid of the ones in the back of the truck, we could just, you know, finish her off and you get rid of all of them at the same time. Would that be easier for you? He looks horrified at that. Disposing of the bodies of the dead is one thing. I will not murder. Oh, this is a murder. She died a long time ago. If I believed that, I would not be working with you. You know this to be true, then. <laughs> yes. Uh, as as much as it appears that I am living, you know I am not. And I've worked through that. It's been a real long mental journey to really come to terms with it. But I'm okay. I died a long time ago. She also did. It might give you some closure to really just, you know, make sure that trash is taken out. We'll continue this discussion another time. I will not. She will stay here. That's fine. Honestly, it's probably safer that way. Your conversation ended. Rosetta is still bound to her chair with cables. Not struggling anymore, you can see that she did for a while, and there are now stripes of flesh that have been chafed by the metal cables up against her arms. Her head has dropped to her chest, obviously sleeping at this point, lifts up as she hears the door creak open. She looks over her shoulders at you. I know you. And she knows you. Hello. Uh, can I? Is Rosetta home? I don't really want to speak with you, whoever's talking. Who are we speaking to right now? This is Rosetta. That don't seem right. Because I know you. And that's not what you said. <laughs> this is going to really impact your performance review. <laughs> if you'd like to speak to Rosetta and return what was taken from me, do you have it? We can actually take you to it. How about that? To the one who stole it. That's right. I know where she is. How are you getting it back from her? Oh, we have already made a deal with her. You know, we're going to bring your host body to her. She's going to do some words, and then she's going to give you the liquid, and then you can just, you know, driftily, driftily piece off into the afterlife and not have to worry about it. And then 
We can just go about our business. Real terrible thing that happened to you, by the way. Rosetta's eyes meet yours, and she says, let's go then. Cut me free. Are you going to make a scene? No. No. This is what I wanted. Very good. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll cut her free. Right this way. She does not struggle or make a scene. She accompanies you basically demurely, clearly in control of Rosetta's body by this point, comfortable with it. She's spent long enough in there that it's become like a second home to her. You return to Rosetta's SUV and clamber inside. Olivia slash Rosetta looks around and says, she really loves this thing. I'm not so impressed. I assume you are now driving to the university. Yep. Again, about 15 minutes across town. You see that a, a wrecking crew has gathered around the police car that you shook off so effectively. And there is nobody tailing you, clearly. You arrive. Do you drive through the gate that you shattered or do you take a different entrance? Hmm. <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> We already made a... Well, we're not exactly going to walk through the front door. We might look a little bit more convincing now that we have another young person here. But now, Jason, you just park us wherever you want. We'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah, let's go through the front. Less suspicious. All right. So you find a place to park. You walk across campus. The Hacky Sack Club has gathered. There is a group of young men and women playing guitar and otherwise having a good time at night. The entrance to the physical sciences building has been taped off by this point and tarps have been hung, but there's no like plywood. The glass has not been repaired after being shattered by this point. You can see that there, it won't take any real trouble to get through it, though someone might see you. Ideas? I, I just walk in. I'm not even concerned. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you. All right. I'll get out. Uh, sling my own guitar around my back. <laughs> Yeah, you push through the tarps. You can see that it's really been cleaned up since you were last here. The glass, at least, has been cleared away. You walk down the stairwell that led to the sub-basement where you found Dr. Saniani's office. You can see that someone did a pretty effective job of cleaning up. The charred bodies, the remains they left behind, have been disposed of. And you walk in. You see Suzanne and Tommaso seated together whispering to each other Tommaso has a stack of blood bags in front of him think you had a good night I mean I slept okay good you brought her all right so gotta explain something to okay you. wait 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 Fast. don't be rude first of all Olivia this is Suzanne Suzanne this is Olivia Olivia uh, I believe you also know Tommy Tommaso hey old man they know each other okay yeah I'm just trying to make it cordial well, listen, we, we, got, we got business to take care of. Thank you, Mr. Visions. <laughs> we don't want any bad blood. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to let that one sit. That will be the episode title. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yes, that will be. I was sitting over here for 20 that. minutes like, okay, I gotta make it work. I'm very proud at this moment. Okay, listen. So, unfortunately, we need to talk about an alteration to the deal. We can't be giving this blood back just yet. And why is that? What are you talking about? Suzanne. Suzanne? I lose everything here. You burned my staff up. Someone of yours raided my my work. So now I'm humiliated in front of the Cinder Institute. And now you're taking away the Vitae that I've been experimenting with. 
So I'm thinking a lot of that was your fault. They came at us. A rogue kindred who has been an ongoing masquerade breach, working with a bunch of kindred traitors who want to uh, eviscerate other full-blooded kindred for support of some sort of weird thin-blood hybrid, and also forces spirits outside of their will, so non-consensually forces them to act on her behalf. You're the one who has the moral quandary here about stealing. All of your research is based on stealing. How about that? My research. You stole my research. And how did you start that research? Tommy, Tommy, tell them, Tommy, tell them that I am not a masquerade breach. Tell them that the Giovanni uphold the veil. We respect the dark veil. She's absolutely right about that. If she's here, this was something that she was told to do. The reason why I was sent here is because we lost touch with her. You understand? And why was that? Because it's hard to get messages out. It's simple. You don't just send a letter? Who are you hiding them from? You want to talk about a masquerade breach? We can't send it by U.S. mail, you idiot. Why not? Send a postcard. Hey, Mom, I'm doing good. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Still kicking. I'll ask you next time. Yeah, if you think you were told to do this line of research, that a line of communication would have been established. Yeah, what kind of, what kind of Hakata are you? Hey. Can't even figure out. You've probably been under, uh, what, tutelage for years and years, and you don't even know how to get a simple message across? Hold on a minute, all right? You're about to get some tutelage with these fists if you don't shut your mouth. Don't talk about the family that way. All I'm saying is, I think the lady would be on my side here. She wants... A lot more competence in her family members. Listen, we can't deal with the lady right now. That's not what's important. There's a bigger issue. And, okay, Suzanne, I need you to tell dearest Olivia here that you're not going to give her her blood back and that she's going to be trapped in a mortal form that she does not enjoy. Suzanne? Suzanne looks at Clear Visions and says, Honestly, I I think I care about him more than you do. I don't have to help her. It would pain me dearly, though I'm sure we could recover her at a later time. I could let Olivia keep Rosetta's body. Is that something you really want? No, but I like dying even less. Yeah, I heard she's a super powerful witch. That's what she told me, too. I need a guarantee from you, since you slaughtered my security so efficiently. Well, I appreciate the compliment. You at least have a guarantee on my part. You release all your fetters to me, and we will release you into Tommy's custody to do with as he sees fit. All my fetters. No, that's insane. You couldn't even control them. You don't know how. And you're going to show me. Give me a roll of charisma plus intimidation. Fucking super bold over here. Yeah. I love it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So unintimidating. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, look at your character. Already cute. Gonna rouse the blood. Three. Ooh. Three successes. Suzanne looks at you and says, I'm very hard to intimidate. I proved that with Gordon yesterday. You don't scare me. I'm happy, perhaps, to teach you if it suits my purposes. But the guarantee that I seek from you is this. That the moment you have Rosetta back, you're not just going to turn on me since you... You have my guarantee on that. As far as I'm concerned, the only the only reason I want to kill you is because you won't do this. If you do, then I don't care what you do. Uh, can we extend that in both directions? You don't kill us. We don't uh, kill you. 
you know, just mutually beneficial. Yeah, I think that's fair. This is the start. I can tell we're going to be, this is the start of a very great friendship, isn't it? We're not, we're not friends with family, remember? Yeah, we're family. Hey, watch it. I'm adopted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think we could be very good friends. She beckons towards Rosetta and she says, Olivia, I will return your fetter to you. She takes Rosetta by the shoulders, sets her down, walks over to a countertop in her lab and pulls out a flask that contains the thick red vitae. She spends a few moments muttering some words over it. You see a burst of gold light around it. I'm watching all of this very intently. She hands it to Rosetta. Rosetta takes it. You hear Olivia's voice say, no. What do you mean, no? The chalice, too. Where was the chalice? Still in the museum? It was taken to the anthropology center. Okay, Olivia, it's not time to be picky. We got the important part. How about you get half out of there, then? Half now, half later. (laughs) No. Chalice, too. You know, Suzanne, you never told me that race was such a pain in the ass to deal with. Well, I could have told you that. Yeah, but you'd never say anything. You're just sitting over there reading your book. And you didn't ask. Hey guys, we're Monster Game Night. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm Mike, your storyteller, and I am joined at the table by... Josh, playing Clear Visions. Nick, playing Jason. And Ben, playing Tommaso. Tune in next week. We release an episode every Monday. Also, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'd also love to hear from you on social media. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monster Game Night. Also, please give us a rating, write a review, and tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoyed it, because word of mouth is the best way for a small independent show like ours to grow. Hope that you can come to our next Monster Monster Game Game Night. Night.